Welcome to the St. James Parish Podcast. Enjoy sermons, lectures, and special presentations from St. James Episcopal Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. Curious about what else St. James has to offer? Visit our website, linked in the show notes, to learn more. It's one of the hardest lessons that we have to learn growing up. And it's one of the hardest lessons to teach. That inevitable moment when you are granted the same privilege as another, or when someone got something you didn't think that they deserved. My favorite is the group project. (laughs) I hated group projects. Inevitably, one or two in the group would work really hard, while others would do next to nothing, and in the end, the result was always frustrating. Because either we'd all get the same bad grade, because despite however much work you put in, others weren't pulling their weight and sort of weighed us all down, or we'd all get the same good grade, but only because one or two of us did the most work, while others just rode off of the success that we put in. So, except for those times that I was a part of really great, equally collaborative groups, I hated group projects, and I bet I'm not the only one here. Because no matter the result, it never felt like anyone received exactly what they deserved. It never felt just, and it just wasn't fair. And despite however much we might learn the hard way, that old adage that life isn't fair, we never quite get over it, do we? In today's gospel passage, we hear that wonderful parable in which the laborers who arrived first and worked the longest were upset with the landowner because those that showed up last and worked only an hour were made equal to all of them who had borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. And I can certainly relate to how they felt. Like the first and longest laborers in this parable, any of us who work the hardest at anything would probably expect to be rewarded more than anyone who shows up late and works less. Because it's only fair. Like any group project where you may have had to shoulder the load yourself, we can so naturally lament that those who work the least get the same reward as those who work the most, because that's totally unfair. Regardless of what they receive, we know we deserve more, and regardless of what we receive, we know that they deserve less. It's only fair. But maybe... You can recall some moments when, like those last laborers to arrive in the vineyard, you benefited from another's generosity, when you were treated better than you deserved, when someone gave you more than was simply 
fair, or we're forgiven for something that you shouldn't have done, but didn't deserve that. I hate to tell you, but that's not fair. Fair is people getting what they deserve. Fair is people returning an eye for an eye. Fair is people paying for their sins. Imagine then if God were really fair. Imagine if God gave us what we deserve. Imagine if God gave us in proportion to what we give to God. Imagine if God told us to pay for our own sins. Fair is fair. But instead of doing what was fair, God became flesh and lived among us as Jesus. To die a death he didn't deserve on our behalf and rose to new life so that we might have life through him. Instead of doing what was fair, we see Jesus turn to the repenting thief being crucified right next to him at the final hour, the final moment, and said, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Instead of fair, God is generous and forgiving. So that old phrase that life isn't fair is true. Generosity, forgiveness, by definition, are never fair. But as we know from experience, not all matters of unfairness are because of generosity and forgiveness. Life is often unfair for reasons that God does not intend. We live in an unfair world. It doesn't take much to see it when you look around, and maybe you've experienced it yourself. It's an unfair world often because of injustices, inequities, and the like where some of us are treated unfairly because others of us discriminate against them, take advantage of them, treat them as less than themselves because of any myriad of factors, be it skin color or ethnicity, culture or income, age or gender, or any other form of injustice. Herein lies an important distinction between the kind of unfair whereby hate or indifference someone is forced to lose so that others gain, and the kind of unfair whereby love and compassion someone gains when they otherwise should have lost. Neither are fair but in the first kind, one person loses while another gains. And in the second, everybody gains and nobody loses. Neither are fair. 
But the first is because of sin, and the second is because of love. In response to the laborers who were upset because they did not receive more than those who arrived last, the owner of the vineyard says, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. As upset as the first laborers were, they were done no wrong. They received what they were promised. They got what they expected. They were upset simply because others received generously, a kind of generosity that put them in equal position to the rest rather than above. Where the first became last and the last became first because the first and last are one and the same. Because that is what God desires for us. That's a vision of God's kingdom. Last week, we heard from Dr. Catherine Meeks the importance of owning what psychologists call our shadow, that, that part of ourselves that does not fit with how we actually see ourselves, what you could call our, our emotional blind spot. To own that shadow, to stop projecting onto others, to stop pretending that we are so good and others are the ones who are wrong, that we are deserving while those others are undeserving, when we take responsibility for ourselves, when we tell the truth to ourselves and see the reality of the sinful nature that lies within all of us. And when we turn to God, knowing that God forgives us in spite of it, when we know that grace with which we can then forgive ourselves, we can be so much more open to forgiving others, regardless of whatever we feel that they deserve. And we can understand, begin to understand, and proclaim in every facet of our lives that for as wrong as it is, that life isn't fair, because of sins that produce injustice. And as much as God calls on each of us to confess and address them, how wonderful it is also that God is not fair because of God's love and mercy. How wonderful that God is not fair but loves all of us and forgives us, no matter how much we fall short and no matter how late we are to labor in God's vineyard. How wonderful that God is not fair, that God does not give as we deserve, 
that God does not leave us to pay for our own sins because none of us could possibly bear that burden on our own. How wonderful it is that we are all beneficiaries, all of us, of such abundant generosity and compassion. It's not fair. But thankfully, God is not fair. Not unfair like the world is unfair, but the best kind of unfair. Unfair because we have a God so full of grace that there is not one of us, no matter how far we fall or how short our labor in the vineyard, who is beyond God's saving reach.